0: Hello folks, welcome to Notoriously Episcopalian, a podcast of sermons from me, Kelly Hudlow, an itinerant Episcopal priest in Alabama. Thanks for listening. Hello folks, this is a sermon for the 20th Sunday after Pentecost, October 23rd, 2022. It's a bit shorter than normal because I am on the road in Nashville this weekend, but this is a sermon that was written for the community of the Episcopal Church of the Messiah in Heflin, Alabama. The principal text for the sermon is Luke chapter 18 verses 9 through 14, the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector praying in the temple. May I speak in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. These are the opening lines of one of the most well-loved hymns in Christianity. The words of this hymn date back to 1772 and were written by an Anglican priest named John Newton. Newton wrote the words to accompany his New Year's Day sermon in 1773, and it may have originally been a chant without any music. It would take another 70 years for the words to be set to the tune that we're so familiar with today. John Newton was an unlikely priest. Early in life, he was a sailor and denounced his faith, He eventually deserted the Navy and then was forced into service on a slave ship. In 1748, while serving on a slave ship, the ship was caught in a terrible storm, and Newton was so afraid that he called out to God for mercy. This moment began his conversion to Christ, but it was not immediate. He continued in the slave trade until 1755 when he quit sailing altogether. In the decade following, he studied Christian theology, he became an abolitionist, and he was ordained a priest. When Newton wrote Amazing Grace, he was writing about his own life. He looked back and saw how God's grace had carried him through his troubled life, keeping him safe and leading him back to God. John Newton, a blind wretch, was restored to sight and life by God's grace. And his acceptance of that grace began when he prayed, God, have mercy on me. We hear similar words in our gospel reading this morning, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. These words are prayed by the tax collector in the temple and are as simple and as powerful as the words prayed by John Newton. The parable tells us that with these words, the tax collector leaves the temple justified. There is no indication from his prayer that he repents of his corrupt ways. The parable does not tell us that this prayer changed his life. We're left to assume that he returned to his life as a tax collector, aiding in the oppression of his community. But he had been justified. How do we consider the tax collector's prayer compared to the Pharisee? The Pharisee goes above and beyond what is expected. He fasts not just once a week, but twice. He gives more money than is required. By all accounts, he is righteous. So when he prays, he is thankful that he is not like all those people who don't do right, including the wretched tax collector next to him. For us hearing this parable this morning, we are looking for the character we are supposed to root for and to follow. And we have been probably taught that the Pharisees are usually the bad guys in the story. But the Pharisee in this parable is righteous, he is taking care of his community, he says his prayers, he follows the rules. The tax collector, on the other hand, works for Rome. He collects Roman taxes and likely adds to what is owed so that he can skim some off the top for himself. He is betraying his community. He is helping to abuse and oppress his people. And while he prays for mercy, he gives no sign of repentance or change behavior. But yet he goes down justified. So it seems he is the good guy who got it right. But parables are rarely this simple. Look what we just did. We decided that the tax collector was more deserving of the two and by doing so, we suddenly sound like the Pharisees. Except our prayer is, "Thank God I'm not like that try-hard Pharisee always judging everyone." We have fallen into the trap set by Jesus in this parable. Jesus tells us this parable to those tells this parable to those who trust in themselves and regard others with contempt. This parable is not so much about our actions, but about realizing whose grace and mercy we are talking about. It is not for the Pharisee or the tax collector to determine who should receive grace. It is not for me or for you to decide which one was deserving or who is deserving now. Biblical scholar Amy Jill Levine writes about this parable saying that we must pay attention to the last line. Our translation this morning reads, This man, the tax collector, went down to his home justified rather than the other, the Pharisee. The preposition used here is para and can be translated in several different ways. It can mean rather than, like we hear this morning, but it can also be translated as alongside or next to. If we consider this translation, the last line would be, This man, the tax collector, went down to his home justified alongside the other, the Pharisee. With this understanding, we hear in the parable that both the Pharisee and the tax collector are justified by God's grace. I think this translation gets us to the heart of what this parable seeks to teach us, For over 200 years, we have been singing the words to Amazing Grace, and at least here in Alabama, everybody seems to know it, Christian and non-Christian. It's the hymn that we can go to and sing when we need to grieve together or pray together without worrying about prayer books or hymnals. It speaks to that moment in our lives when we felt God's grace, and it speaks to our longing to trust and believe in that grace to sustain us. Our parable today and our well-loved hymn both teach us that it is God who decides how and to whom grace is given and that our trust is better placed in God than in ourselves. Amen.